With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today for the post-match reaction I'm joined by Colin Watt, Danny Kelly and Lawrence Connolly. Uh, we've just won 4-1 at Fur Park, I'm going to go over to Colin first and foremost. Colin, second half, what was your thoughts? Well, more of the same really from us, um, getting these extra goals. Bit kind of shaky again with the goal that they scored. Declan Gallagher getting the, the header. I think Beaton could have done a wee bit better. Also, um, Bain could certainly have done better in the goal. What can we say though? We walk away. It's a, a comfortable victory. Something we've needed for a long time is getting a comfortable victory. Still some aspects of the performance that we could certainly improve upon, but three points in the bag. Lawrence, Danny, what was your main takeaway from today? Elian Nussi, man. He's just... Unbelievable. Um, 
to come out like that, and I'm sure maybe Sutton's comments maybe put a fire under him. Well, I can't be sure of that, but if that is the case, then fair enough. But that was unreal from him. Absolute stellar performance. Do you think he got his phone out just to see what everyone was saying after the yeah. game? Ah, absolutely. Listen, I think second half, I don't think that's as comfortable as the scoreline looks. The first 20, 25 minutes, Motherwell, I would say, had a better the second half. I don't think we got our subs right. We were weak through the middle, whether it's Brown or Kalmak or the centre halves. It was something we could address by bringing Turnbull or Sorrow on and giving them some game time. Mm-hmm. That's probably the bad things about it. The good things about it is, you know, we're scoring goals again. Yeah. You, you know, I saw, sorry, Bain and could have done better and Beaton could have done better. But the good thing is we're scoring goals again. Lenny's looking happy again. That's a good thing. It's four ones. It's, it's three points. We get the international break. Hopefully, after the international break, please God, there's no more COVID in t- you know, incidents or enforced absences. Hopefully, Big Julian's back. You know, we regroup and, and kind of use this as a platform to build from. Yeah. Well, there's certainly a lot of talking points came out of the second half and we'll go through it over the next uh, half an hour or so. One of the first things that came up, and it happened almost right at the start of the second half, was the tackle from Devante Cole on Jeremy Frimpong. That is a horror tackle, and for me, it's a red card every single day of the week. That high, the ball's not there. That high, studs up, and it's die. The worrying thing was, I think Dallas was going to let it go until he thought Frimpong might actually be injured, a better blow for it. You know, so... in Dallas's mind, it wasn't even close to a red card. It was only just a foul, and then he yellow cards and all. Uh, Frimpong staying down. I better blow for it. You're yeah. like, wait a minute, yeah. yeah. Your whistle should, have, you know, that should have been right there, blown and going. That's a red card. There's no doubt on it, is there? Yeah, I mean, Danny. I mean, you see that the foot, the studs come up and catch him basically thigh high. The foot should never be that high anywhere no, near a player, yeah. and um, I'm just amazed that he managed to walk away from it unscathed. <sighs> Thankfully, he walked away, but as we saw when he came off and got replaced by Al Hamid, he was limping um, fairly heavily. Hopefully he's okay. The The tackle was... Uh, that's obscene. For a professional footballer to do that to another professional footballer, it, it should never actually be the case. Um, the last time I seen a tackle that high was Luke Shaw when he got his leg broke against PSV Eindhoven. Um, and Frimpong went down very, very similarly. Um, that hopefully will get reviewed by the SFA because... That is a horror challenge. It could have ended very, very badly. Yeah, and we don't want to touch too much on the referee's performance because we, we could go on for a while, but there was another one... Uh, no, I think we should. Uh, I, I think we should because it, there's two red cards in this game because Tony Watt should have been sent off Tony for his Watt tackle against Scott off. Brown. Yeah. And yeah. I think that the, the best time to talk about referees and um, how poor they are at times is when you've won a game 4-1 because if you do it when you're getting hammered 2-0 um, or whatever then it looks as though you know, you're focusing on the negative and you're trying to uh, make excuses. We won the game fair and square. Quite a few issues, I agree with Lawrence. It wasn't as convincing as the scoreline suggests. Still got massive concerns um, in the defence, but the referee was shocking. I mean, Frimpong, when you look at that, it brought back memories of Bowman against Tierney at Celtic Park. Yeah. Kind of your leg, if your leg is straight or if your heels get stuck in the turf, that's a career-threatening tackle. Terrible tackle. And the Brown walk one, I had said during the game, that uh, you know they had been niggling at each other throughout the game, which is fine. That's absolutely fine. I think Tony Watt has developed into a much stronger looking player. He's a strong runner, uh, and he's he's a big, strong attacking player now. I never seen that in his early game, um, but him and Brown were niggling. But that was a shocking tackle. That was two red cards. Yeah, 
Two red cards and, it, and by the way Robinson knew it And that's why the two players Were subbed off Oh what came off straight away But I mean when you look, go back To the one we're, we're speaking about Devante Cole on um, Jeremy Frimpong Even Andy Walker says It was a red card Do you know what I mean So Walker saying It's a red card To me He should have been off the park Studs up There's no doubt Even if he doesn't make contact Getting that high With your studs up You know it's a possible red Making contact Should take any doubt Out of it Altogether Absolutely. What's going through Dallas's mind At that point That he doesn't Two I minutes into it. the second half Lawrence you and I Were talking about The defence throughout the game uh, Two minutes into the second half Set piece Cuts the defence wide open once again. I made a comment at half time, we need to get the defence sorted out. Best time to do it is when you've got a wee cushion, two goal cushion. That's when we need to make a couple of substitutions. A couple of comments came through th- thinking that was um, an absurd statement. It's not. We still need to get that sorted out. When are we going to get it sorted out? We bring on El Hamid. He shows it up. What's the first thing he does, Colin? Oh, the crossover for the goal. I mean, we were talking about this before the game. I had to give praise to Frimpong at half time. He did well to set up uh, Rodic for the, the second goal when he puts it across. But El Hamid going down that line, uh, going down the line, sorry, getting the crossover, get the ball lofted, get it into the air. And the jump from Elanusi was outstanding. He hung in the air for so long. Um, and to put it beyond the goalkeeper, Danny, we made a, a, a wee joke about the goalkeeper. He just felt as if for the, some of the goals he took forever to get down to it, it's didn't so he? Slow motion. <laughs> He's a big, he's a big unit. But again, you know, if I'm going to start um, picking holes in the performance, I would also say that Bain was pretty slow to get down to the the goal that Motherwell scored. Two minutes into the second half, defence all over the place at a set piece. Um, we're cut the cut through us again. Fifty nine minutes into the game, uh, brilliant bit of defensive play by Luxall. They score again from a set piece in seventy one minutes. And there was a couple of other examples. I still think that's a massive issue. And yeah, I'm delighted with the four one. It's brilliant to go into the international break with a victory. But we've got serious issues at the back. And what what I actually thought was Ayer played a completely different game today, Colin. Yeah. In terms of what you would expect from him. Big sulky player goes for a gallop and run with a ball at his feet. He done what would probably be described as a dirty work today that you would expect from the uh, the likes of Duffy, who was described as a no nonsense defender when he came in. He's given us loads of nonsense. I keep saying that, but um, I was gutted to see Ayer down injured. I'm just glad we're going into an international break and he's going to have time to actually recover for that. Yeah, I don't think he'll go away now in Norway. Um, Hopefully his injury's not too bad and we'll see him back um, because it looks as if Julian will be back in and about the squad after the international break as well. So maybe we'll see our first choice partnership back in um, the centre-halves. But yeah, you, you're spot on in what you're saying. I think there was a time in the first half when Ayer threw himself in front of the ball to, to stop the, the shot getting away. He didn't make that run forward. The biggest run forward from the two centre-halves we had was when Beaton had it in the second half and he drove about 45 40, 50 yards forward I think it almost culminated in a goal so um, yeah spot on Ayers adapted his game because of who he's playing alongside um, and it's good to see that maturity from him Oh definitely I mean he was you know when you're looking at that defence Colin he was put under the cosh a fair bit and that's because we were playing with two fullbacks so high up the pitch that was the point I was making you bring on El Hamid you get a completely different player to Frimpong uh, you get an international right back uh, who can also Overlap. I mean, you've seen that with the goal. We've done that against St. Johnson, as you say, Colin. And it was an excellent, it was a pinpoint cross. But let's talk for a wee while about El Yunusi. I think credit where credit's due. He came off the other night, looked pretty disappointed. He was lambasted for checking his phone, uh, do a wee danger check out his pocket, you know what I mean? Um, and he was lambasted for that. Uh, 
perhaps unfairly, to be honest with you. I, I know that everybody has got their own view on that. But that, that's the best performance. I mean, you, you've only got to go back to Lille when, when he gave us a performance like that and he mm-hmm. probably should have scored a hat-trick. And that's uh, El Yunusi we need to see more often. Yeah, and what you see from El Yunusi is what he's capable of and why Southampton paid £16 million for him. Um, and we hope that he continues to do that throughout the season because he is a massive attacking threat. Um, we, we mentioned that the midfield needs to start creating and scoring more goals. You're, you're missing the 15-20 the goals a season you're getting out of James Forrest at the minute. Um, and Elanusi's starting to step up and provide us that sort of um, level of support as well. So, fantastic from him. He had a lot of critics to answer for something which, although it's a a bad thing for him to have done to be on his phone during a game it wasn't the worst thing that happened about Thursday night but he still stepped up and proved his critics wrong um, and I just wonder if they'll pay as much attention to Eddie going to the toilet before he came on as what they did to <laughs> Elanusi yeah. checking his phone do you know what I mean just uh, I'm joking for anyone that's listening in but fantastic performance from him and let's see where it takes us from there I think uh, there's a few comments coming in saying listen that was a, an excellent attacking display uh, just enjoy it but I think when you've won a game, that's as important to actually pick holes in any of the, the bad performances. And I think as a defensive unit, it's not working. You know, absolutely no doubt. We're up against Motherwell here. If we're up against a European side, you see what happens on Thursday night. They can exploit uh, the, the massive space behind the two fullbacks. Motherwell cut us open time and time again. They just didn't have that kind of, you know, the striker that we've probably seen for years at Motherwell, you know, gone from... Dougie Arnott used to do it against us right through Scott McDonald doing it against us. They, they don't have that Motherwell, do they? But if they did have a decent striker, then we wouldn't be sitting here as comfortable. And it's interesting that uh, that is the view because I think if we've got that view, then you, you come a, become a bit lax yourself and that's when, uh, you know, the rock can set in. I thought it was great to see a Yeti getting minutes. Um, I thought he played really, really well, Colin. I don't think his game's all about the penalty box striker uh, I've mentioned in the past, Lawrence, a player you and Danny will remember well is Marco Viduca. You know, the amount of work he did uh, from the halfway line up to the 18-yard box was frightening and, uh, you know, linking up the play. And I think that's what Ayeti does so, so well. Yeah, a bit quicker than Viduca though. Well, I'd say over 10 yards, but definitely yeah, reminiscent of him. Well, the, the team's got problems. You, you looked at when Motherwell were bringing it even through the centre from midfield onto our centre-halves. The amount of times they more or less unchallenged to the edge of our box. It's defensive, we're still looking ropey. Hopefully we can get it sorted over the international break. Julian and Aya, if that's our first choice, centre-half partnership, hopefully that kind of provides a base. What's going to happen in defensive mid- midfield position? Although Brown was playing further forward, I think, he was quite a few mistakes in him today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were lucky to get away, and you touched that if Motherwood, better strikers, you know, it, it, it's not a 4-1. Oh, absolutely. Brown made several, several mistakes and looked like he was dead on his feet. Fair enough. He lasted the game, but it was worrying. And as we have, like you said, Paul, defensive strategies need to be looked at and have to be ironed out. But I think as well, that spreads into Brown and Kalmak as well. Yeah, it does. That it, You can't just blame the last four guys you have to look at what Brown's doing, like the three-yard pass that he just clearly just completely gave away. And Calmax seems to kind of go for a challenge and then slow down and give the whoever has the ball time to think. 
when it should just be chased down and under pressure like Christie did in the first half in order to get the first goal. Mm-hmm. Well, this was a classic game where we could have got, you know, the last sub we could have had Sorrow and Turnbull in. Mm-hmm. We could have given them some time and went, right, show this up, set a bit deeper, you know, did we need the fourth goal? You know, we, we could have gone, right, it's 3-1, let's show it up, let's get defensively more solid here, mm-hmm. let's show that use our subs a bit smarter. See, when you look at the subs, Lawrence, and it's a, something, it's a subject we've uh, spoken about time and time again on the podcast, we make the subs on 69 minutes today. I was calling for them at half-time again, but 69 minutes in, a Yeti and Frimpong off for Eduard and Elhamid. Now, what resulted there was uh, obviously Motherwell scored directly after that, a couple of minutes later, but uh, it was the substitutions and what happened thereafter. I like to the fact that Motherwell actually pulled a goal back that saw a change in our approach in the second half. And I think that that is a frustration at times, you know, sitting until the 60th or the 70th minute before making the changes. But uh, another shout out to Olivier and Cham. You know, he's a player who divides opinion. I don't think anybody um, would deny that technically he's an excellent footballer. He's technically gifted. But there's an inconsistency about his play at times. I think um, you see performances sometimes in Europe that, would be described as excellent against domestic performances that are really poor. Um, and he's lost his place. I mean, he was a, a first pick for several weeks there. He's come on and he has given us that cushion, Lawrence. I mean, uh, we didn't know what kind of performance we were going to get, Colin. We were talking about that just before he came on. You predicted that he was going to score. The Nostradamus strikes again. Mm-hmm. I nearly got the scoreline right as well. Um, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't, to no, be honest with you. I'm as well, but um, he, he played in a more attacking role when he came on. He came on for Rogic. Um, and almost on the, the anniversary of his goal that won us the, the tie over in Lazio, he scores again. Um, yeah, I mean, this is what he can do. We just need to see a lot more of it from him. Um, it certainly, it was why he got dropped, because his performances weren't up to the standard that he's set himself. Um, but yeah, good for him to come off the bench to get a goal. Good link up with Edward as well. Mm-hmm. Um, look, this is our bread and butter, this. We, we really need to perform well in the league We 10 is everything to a lot of Celtic fans if not all Celtic fans and over the last few weeks we've just been wanting to get the points on the board um, and today we got the three points um, we, we scored a couple of goals important for the goal difference as well you'd want to be playing again on Wednesday night if you had the chance we've now got to wait two weeks um, but important three points on the board and whether it's papering over the cracks or whether it's a turning point, it's just good to have them them points, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, we needed a result today. We needed a win first and foremost. The goals help. Listen, you're saying what we played again on Wednesday night. I'm actually happy that we've got the break and that Julian's going to be coming back because I think defensively, we need to sort something out because it, it's not working right. But we're getting whether it's a long throw, whether it's you know a free kick. And at the heart of our defence just seems so so powder puff, so weak at the moment. That, that there's just something not right about it. Let's have a wee talk, talk about that then, because after the uh, international break, as you say, we are expecting to see Julian coming back. I would hope, although we haven't had an update on the Ayer injury, that um, it might just be a strain that he'll be back, uh, you know, training within seven to ten days. And of course, we've got Duffy there. We have Beaton, who I think has been a very able replacement. We have Al Hamid, who, for me, is just very cool. 
Um, doesn't make too many mistakes. Unfortunately, he did against Ferenc Varos, or he didn't defend uh, the way we would have expected. But to have the full complement of defenders at your disposal, um, how do you use that? How do you shape up? And which players do you actually choose? I'm going to ask you first, Colin, because it's quite clear to me that the big issues are um, issues within the defence. I mean, you look at that today, some of the, the forward play was excellent. I mean, Tom Rogic was, again, you know, rolling back the years at mm-hmm. times with some of his play. I mean, you know, when he's on form, he can make things happen. You know, he's a creative force in the Celtic side. But defensively, you know, it's still big, massive question marks for me. So once we come back from international break, you're going to be looking at all players fit. Give me a defence. Obviously, start off with a goalie. I think Barcastle come back into the side now. Um, I think he's, he's had that breakout he needed. I'm not sure if he's going away with Greece or not, um, but he's had the time working with Stevie Woods, um, who actually scouted him out personally and chose him. So that that for me will hopefully see a bit of return to the form that we know he can he can bring. Um, so he'll quietly make his way back into the side. I think Scott Bain will drop out. I'd like to see El Hamid at right back. I'd like to see him actually get a full run at right back um, because to me he offers that more defensive option can still go forward um, and can still put in a fantastic cross like he did today I'd probably go with Ayer and if he's back fit Julian um, they, they play well together, they've got that partnership they're not trying to build that up so I would go with that and at the minute there's no way you're dropping the salt Ayer, <clears throat> Ayer and Julian um, again, yeah talking about a partnership that was a partnership we had when everybody was screaming for a new centre half when Shane Duffy comes in is it a case sometimes calling the football fans look at players who aren't playing um, as better than they were when they were playing because we were screaming for Duffy mm-hmm. when Ayer and Julian were, were playing together against Kilmarnock I think that we had this obsession of getting back to the 3-5-2 because it worked so well in the second half of last season and we wanted to get to that position um, but I think looking at the players that we've got and looking at the way that we play, the four two three one certainly suited us over the last few weeks when we reverted back to it. Um, having the three at the back really left us exposed, having the two wing-backs there as well. So if you're going to play the four at the back, for me it has to be Alhamid, Ayer, Julian and Lassalt. What about yourself, Danny? What's your thoughts once we've got everybody fit after an international break? Let's... Uh, Clear the decks. What's your defence? Uh, I agree with Colin there to a certain extent that I'd like to see Al Hamid getting a full shot at right back, um, but I'd also like to see Taylor come in back at left back. Because as much as people were complaining about him, I still think that he has quite a solidness to him, and he does. I think he does have the ability to link up with Laxalt if he was in the left midfield, and if we were playing a four four two, I think it would be. I think it'd work out much better. I mean, the thing with Taylor again, it's one of these ones I, I call for at half time as well, Danny. But I mean, he was he was under a lot of criticism, under a lot of scrutiny when he was playing every week. I think that if you take away the the offensive nature of the game, which you know you give that to Laxo, let him concentrate as being a defender. Mm-hmm. You know, let him concentrate in that position, um, and that obviously will contribute to something that's a wee bit more solid at the back. And I don't disagree with you, Colin, regarding Ilhamid. I, I rate Frimpong highly, but you know, in terms of his defensive, even his, um, you know, naivety when you look at his positional play, sometimes 
quite a few times today we said that, didn't we? Where, mm-hmm. where is he? Um, Lawrence, how would you line up once we get back from the international break in uh, the back? Definitely Barkas and goals. Uh, I'd play Diego at left back, although I really like Taylor. I think uh, Diego is just a class of player that I think he can play that left back position and push forward all the way. At right back, we talk about we need to develop players and give them a route to the first team. So I'm not too fussed if it's Frimpong or Elhammer because Frimpong needs to play to develop if he's ever going to become a right back. I don't think he is. Obviously, Celtic think he is because we keep playing him there. So if we're going to develop the boy, he's going to need to play. But either or, or, or for me, I'd have Julian and Ayer and I'd drop Scott Brown for Beaton. So that Beaton can drop back and make a three at the back that will allow you to play Frimpong and they will push forward. So it allows you to change your formation quicker because I think Brown's not got the pace that he's dropping back and making that third man. He doesn't know... You know, beaten having played centre-half and defensive mid, mm-hmm. he's a more natural guy to drop back, make the three at the back, allow the, the two full-backs to push on. Whether that full, two full-backs are Diego and Elhamid or Diego and Frimpong, at least it gives us the flexibility to do that. I think we're playing Beaton in the sort of Scott Brown role as well. What it does offer you is it gives Ayer the chance to go forward like he loves to do and um, he's created a lot of chances by doing that, by making those surging runs forward and Beaton sort of slots in the role behind him because he's played in that position before. It means you're not relying on Ayer making a a 50-yard run forward to make a 50-yard run back. He can get back, we can get the shape together and they can swap back once we've got the ball back. So I I agree, I think if you are going to rest Scott Brown this season, for me I think Beaton is a, a good replacement to slot in there. So that's interesting because again, you know, after every game that Turnbull doesn't play, we get loads of comments about uh, when is this boy going to get a game, uh, what what has to happen for him to get a game, and um, it's interesting that Beaton was to move position, obviously back to his natural midfield position, uh, because he's been getting the games. Uh, so that's a, a big shout coming in from Lawrence, but also Jungle Lion on the comments. And echoed by Colin, who's a big Beaton fan, as we all know. <laughs> um, now, after our chat, our analysis of the game, Danny Kelly's going to play us out with a couple of tunes, which is uh, brilliant of him to come along with his acoustic. And um, if you haven't already watched it, we had a full acoustic session on Friday night at a State of Mind Studios. It was recorded uh, a wee while ago, but that's up. Edgar Summertime Jones in session. A State of Mind Unplugged, first of many sessions of that type. Uh, if you are a budding musician, you want to take part in something like that, give us a shout because we're always looking for talented uh, musicians. And um, I don't know anybody I'll let them know. Uh, Danny, you do that. <laughs> you do that. Now, I mean, again, we were talking, all the talk leading up to this game was uh, around Neil Lennon and talking about the changing culture and you know players unhappy and unrest at the club. What happens after you go out and you win comfortably enough against Motherwell and you get the points on the board. Um, does that change people's views? Is it basically just uh, some points in the bank, but uh, we need to see what happens after the international break? Has it bought him a wee bit of time, Colin? I mean, probably it has now. I mean, if he was going to go for me, I'd have probably had to have left on Friday morning um, after that result. If they were going to give him this game, he would have had to have lost this game to go. Um, so... Are we kind of kicking the ball down the road a bit more with Lennon? Is it going to be a, a turning point? We won't actually know until the next game. So he's going to get the next game at least. If you can start getting yourselves on a run, if we can start putting the points on the board, start putting the pressure on Rangers again, let's actually show how we won those um 
last nine league titles. Let's show the winning capability that we've got. So this international break, Colin, is vital for Neil Lennon. It's vital for this season because we've seen what happened in the last international break, right? And then we're uh, trying to regroup for the game against Rangers, and we're missing people through illness. This is vital because you know. Let's not forget um, that it was a coronavirus uh, breeding ground the last time, wasn't it? The international yeah. game. Now, if we come back in the same position as we did the last time, that spells massive danger for Celtic and Neil Lennon. This is vital for the for the way the season's going to go. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. We don't know how many people are going to be available. I'm hoping that we just get through the next the, the next ten days or so with absolutely no casualties in, in respect to the virus. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just hope that we, we all come back fighting fit, ready to go for the next game um, and let's see if it is actually a turning point or whether it's just a, as I've seen some people saying in the comments, one step forward, two steps back, we we hope it's not we've had a, a good result today, three points in the bag, pressure's on them now let's just take it from there, one step at a time Hoping for Adrian Sprott today, aren't we? Is yeah. that before your time? Probably before my time, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. mate. Aki's player scored against the Rangers in the 80s. And oh, I do, yeah. Yeah, Adrian Sprott. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Aye, that was a 1980s reference there. It's obviously yeah. going to go over Colin's head. <laughs> uh, Danny, get yourself ready for the first song of this afternoon. Um, the rest of the gentlemen will be leaving the broadcast, starting with you, Colin. Thank you for joining us on a Celtic State of Mind, sir. Yep, thank you very much. And remember, you can catch the Football Insomniac podcast Bye. Uh, <laughs> and Lawrence is going to leave Danny uh, to get himself set up. Danny, Thanks. what's the first song you're going to play? Uh, Celtic, Celtic. That's the team for me. It certainly is the team for me. And Celtic, Celtic, that's the team for me. Celtic, Celtic, on to victory.
there's gonna be a show And the Glasgow Celtic will be there They're the best damn team in Scotland And the players all are grand We support the Celtic as they are the finest in the land We love them, we'll be there to give the boys a cheer When the league flag flies And the cheers go up When we know the Scottish Cup is coming home to rest in paradise For it's a grand old team to play for And it's a grand old team to see And if you know your history I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.